The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Family Matters with your host, Dr. Virginia Collin. In this program, we will explore some of the challenges families face and the solutions they create in today's world, where marriage, parenting, and family forms are not what they once were. Now, here is Dr. Virginia Collin. Welcome to Family Matters. I'm your host, Virginia Collin, professional family mediator. My guest today is Laurie Ann Davis, who has a master's degree in psychology and is a certified relationship specialist. Laurie has 28 years of experience empowering individuals and couples to live richer, happier lives. And we will be talking about what she has learned about creating unstoppable relationships. Welcome to the show, Laurie. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here with you. It's great to have you here. Where would you like to start? What's one of the founding principles of how to have an unstoppable relationship? What do you even mean by unstoppable relationship? (laughs) That's a good question. Unstoppable relationship is a term I came up with. Um, It was funny. I met a gentleman a few years ago, and we have become very close friends. Him and his wife are very good friends of mine. And we were talking, and after our meeting, he said to me, I'm calling you Ms. Unstoppable from now on. And I thought, oh, I love that. And so when I was writing a program, um, which then led to a book, and I was trying to think about what do you call a relationship that is at sort of the very top of relationships? This is where you would love to be. It's the best relationship you can have. And I decided that unstoppable relationships sounded like, um, it sounded like it fits for me. So my definition of that is that You have a good, solid foundation to your relationship. So your communication is good. You know, your relationship is a priority in your life. You're friends. You know, you can count on this person. And on top of that, you sort of also have that passion and that chemistry that you had almost in the beginning of your relationship, that you still have managed to either keep that going or you've gotten that back. So that's my definition of an unstoppable relationship. Okay. That's a good definition. And that, that um, the passion is what I think a lot of people have a hard time hanging on to or recreating. So I know that's what you really like to help people with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It is. Sometimes relationships get to where we really become more friends. And, you know, an intimate relationship, the difference between an intimate relationship and a friendship is intimacy. And so if we don't have that passion, we don't have that intimacy in our relationship, we end up with more of a friendship. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with a marriage that has a strong friendship. And if both people are happy with that, then obviously I'm okay with that as well. But 
what I find is that frequently people are not happy with that. They feel like something's missing. And sometimes that's when people end up going separate directions or one person leaves the relationship. And that always makes me very sad because I know that there's a good chance that if they had known how to get that back in their relationship, they might still be together and they might still be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that at one point my husband and I were close to that stage. We consciously noticed and said out loud, this relationship is positive and supportive and boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we yeah. figured we, we better do something about that. Good for you. Good for you. And, you know, that can happen because we get busy with jobs, careers, you know, houses, children, all these things come into play and we get so caught up in living our lives that a lot of times we forget to put the time and the effort into that relationship thinking, well, you know, we're married now. We've got all this going on. The relationship's always going to be there and that's not always the case. It's not always the case. And I think you mentioned this in your book that um, people suddenly take each other for granted once they get Mm -hmm. married. Um, So sometimes you forget that you should continue to express your appreciation of the things the other person does for you. Continue to mention out loud once in a while that you love that person, that you're really happy to have them in your life. Yes, often, often. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you know. You asked me, you know, you started off by saying, and then we changed it, but you started off by, you know, maybe asking about what is one of the things that we could do to have an unstoppable relationship. And I think this time of year really, for me, focuses in on that whole idea of appreciation and gratitude that um, we want to all year, not just around the holidays, maybe not when we are focusing more on on the things that we are grateful for, but, but really focusing with our partner on a daily basis. What do you like about them? What do you love about them? What do you appreciate? And what are you grateful for? And if that is top of your mind, if that is something that you focus on on a daily basis, it really does change how you feel about your partner if, if you're not feeling so great. If you're still happy with your relationship, it keeps you feeling happy. It keeps that focus on all the things that you love as opposed to maybe letting little small things that really are small, but if we focus on those too much, they build up and become big things, and we Mm -hmm. sort of forget all the things we like about our partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an important point you make that, if you do start to focus on the negative, then it becomes easier to notice more negative things. And then you're dwelling on the things that irritate you and frustrate you. And that can start you on a downward spiral. It's not where you want to go. No, we, we forget sometimes that our thoughts really do create our feelings and that we have more control than we think. And that was one of the premises for my wanting to write this book, is that I wanted to give people control. I didn't want people, I've heard too many people saying, well, my relationship will be better when my partner does X, Mm -hmm. Y, or Z. And Mm -hmm. and I thought, no, I want to show you how to turn your relationship around. I want to show you how to be in control. 
because that's all you can control. And, you know, I practice these things daily. So it's, you know, I'm always giving examples for my own life when I work with people and when I talk to especially big groups because I think it helps them to, to sort of connect with it. And I say, you know, my, my guy and I are, you know, Dave and I are very different in a lot of ways. And so I could focus on all the ways that we're different and be unhappy in that relationship. Or I can focus on all of the wonderful things that he adds to my life every single day and all of the ways he makes me smile. And when I do that, I just, I'm grinning from ear to ear and my heart is full and I'm so happy about him. You know, if I focus on the ways that were different, then I go, wow, why did you do that? Why do you handle the situation that way, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I always laugh and say it's that, you know, you're going to focus on the fact that the toilet seat got left up or the <laughs> top got off the tube of the toothpaste or, you know, the trash didn't get taken out today or, you know, all of those little things that we can get so absorbed with. And if we focus on all of that, they're more cranky, you know, um, and, and we're not happy about our partner. Or I can think about, and by the way, Dave doesn't do any of those things. He's really great about all of those examples. But, um, you know, or I can focus on how supportive he is, how good he is with the children, um, how supportive he is of my career. You know, I can think about all the things he adds to my life, and it really does make me feel very different. Mm-hmm. And I guess I would like to point out that everything we're saying now applies, I think, equally to men and to women, to heterosexual people and to homosexual people, anybody in a relationship. You know, if you focus on the positives and you recognize that all you can control is your own thoughts and your own behavior, um, you're probably going to come out better. Than if Even you focus relationships on with to... your children, right? Your children, your coworkers, your friends. This part of it applies uh, applies to all relationships. So, um, at some point, we probably want to get into a discussion of how men and women do differ somewhat from each other. Would you like to start with that now, or sure? Okay, yes, whenever you want. Yes, now is fine. Okay. Men and women, I, I think that this is another big problem in that when I sit down with and I meet with, you know, 50, 60 people at a time and, you know, men and women and we talk about this and I always start off by saying, you know, men and women aren't any different, right? We're the same. Everybody laughs and I say, and you understand each other, right? And they just all look at me and shake their heads no. <laughs> you know, I think that we we do think different and when I and I knew that that was the case and I knew that we all want we all want to be loved we all want to be respected we all want some of the same basic things but the more I talked to men and the more I talked to women over all of these years and then as I was doing even more research for the book I really did discover that what men and women are frustrated with in the opposite sex is different that their complaints in relationships, women seem to, and obviously not always, you know, but, but by a percentage, complain about similar things, and men complain about different similar things. And there is just a lot of research out there about men and women's brains being different, 
And again, we won't get into that because that's complicated and it's not very much fun to listen to. Um, but, but we are different. And I think that in the book, I tried to maybe make it as simplified as I could because when we don't understand each other, and I'll give you an example for me. Um, when, and Dave knows that I talk about him on the radio because I only say nice things. <laughs> when he is upset, and some of this is personality types, but some of this is very common for men. If something is bothering him, he is quiet and he sort of pulls in because he needs to kind of go into his shell and he needs to deal with it. He needs to think about it. I can tell something's wrong. And I have learned that the best way to handle that is to give him his space. Be nice, be kind, but don't, you know, don't ask too many questions. Just allow him. And when he is ready, he will share with me what's wrong, and he will talk about it. In the beginning, though, you know, women frequently, if something's wrong with us, what is the first thing we do? We pick up the phone. We want to call. We want to talk about it. We want to talk it through. Women throughout history have bonded through communication with each other. Not to say men don't communicate, but if they've got to ponder something, they want to, they want to hold on to it and chew it you know, in their brains a little bit more before they go talking about it. And that's just one small example, but it's a really good one that causes frustration in couples sometimes because if we don't understand the other sex, if we don't understand what they're going through and how they might react a little different or what they need different, we're acting towards them and giving them what we need. And then they're not, they're not accepting it well. So they're not receiving it well. And then we're frustrated and we're saying, well, I don't understand. Why are you upset with me? Why are you disappearing even more into your shell? You know, I'm just trying to help you. I'm doing what would make me feel good. And they're saying, no, I need quiet. I need my space. We'll talk about it later. And we don't, if we don't understand each other, then we don't know how to meet each other's needs, and we don't know how to get along better. Right. But that is something that we can learn about each other. Oh, definitely. I know, yes. I know my, my husband and I have gotten to a point where if, you know, we're, we've been talking about a problem, and then he gets quiet, and he stays quiet, and he stays quiet, we get to a point where I say, I can't tell whether you're still thinking about this problem and you just need more time to think about it or your mind has wandered off into yeah. some other you're, part you're of the world. Else. You're gone. Yes. You've moved on so to just, the next you know, topic. let me know. Please let me know. Yes. Where are we? Yes. But see, you know, so you're doing things exactly the way, you know, asking for that clarification. But most of us get no training unless this is something that we've researched or unless this is something that we have sought after. Most people it's walking true. around have zero training on how yeah. men and women are different and how to get along better. And they're so frustrated, which is just very sad because a lot of times what I see is they really are trying. They're putting forth effort but they're not putting forth the effort that would get them the results that they're looking for. And so once they learn, then they're like, oh, well, now I know what to do. And then all of a sudden, everything changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've talked a little about how most human beings want to be loved and want to be respected. And there is, uh, in your experience and in my experience, a difference in emphasis 
um, yes. for, with with women being more focused on needing to feel loved and men often appearing to be more focused on needing respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, and there's even a whole book written on that. I mean, you know, there's a whole book called Love and Respect, um, which is actually a very good book. Uh, but and, and there are people who talk about it. You know, you can find lots and lots of people who talk about it. And when I have interviewed people and as I talk to groups of people, you know, I wanted to make sure that the people I was running into agreed. And pretty unanimously, I found that they did. What women are saying they're looking for more from men is they want more attention. They want him to tell them more often, I love you. They want him to do small things from them that show them, you know, maybe kind of depending on what your love language is, how you feel loved. But they want that, I call it reassurance. They want that reassurance more often that you love me. I know you do, but could you tell me? Could you let me know, you know, by actions, by words, by that you love me? Uh, that's really important to me. And I always tell people, I do this for a living. But, you know, every now and then, if if Dave hasn't said something or done something often enough, I'll kind of start to notice that I'm I'm feeling a little funny. And when I check in with myself to go, what's wrong? Why am I not happy with him? Oh, you know what? I'm not feeling as loved or as reassured as I would like to be. He has done absolutely nothing wrong, just to let you know. It's me. It's just that I'm wanting a little more from him. He's thinking, well, of course I love you. Why would you doubt that? You know? So so from my perspective, I've sort of learned how to get that need met without even necessarily even saying anything to him. You know, I know how to just go up and snuggle or be a little flirty, and then I get back what I'm looking for. Um, or I can mention something to him, and he's happy then to do it. Uh-huh. For men frequently they feel like they don't receive enough respect, that they are not getting enough acknowledgement for what they're putting into the relationship, that they're not getting enough appreciation for what they're putting into the relationship. So for them, saying I love you, it's not that it doesn't mean anything. It's not that they don't want to hear it, but it's really important for them for us to let them know how much we appreciate them and that we notice all of the little things that they're doing and that they're successful, that they're making us happy. That's very much, very, very important to them. And again, we would like that as well, but I think it's, it's where the scale is on importance, mm-hmm. that one's more, a little more important to men and one's a little more important to women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this seems like a very good time for us to take a short break, and we will come back and talk more about unstoppable relationships in a moment. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, Visit Colin Family Mediation Group.com. 
Colin has one L and no S. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. Family members too often find themselves in court arguing about separation, parenting schedules, financial issues, divorce, estates, or care of an elderly relative. There's a better way to solve a family problem. Work with a professional mediator in private, confidential meetings. To learn more, visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at apfmnet.org. That's apfmnet.org. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at collinfamilymediationgroup.com. Now, back to Family Matters. I'm Virginia Collin, your host on Family Matters, and today I'm talking with Lori Ann Davis. She is a certified relationship specialist and also the author of the book Unmasking Secrets in Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships: How to Find, Keep, and Renew Love and Passion in Your Life. Lori, let's get into some problem solving. Suppose okay. that two people are in a relationship and one of them, let's say the female one, is not happy with how things are going. Feels frustrated, feels like she doesn't get enough attention, the guy's not doing his share of the housework, he doesn't do his share of helping with the kids. Um, one, one of the wonderful things about your book is that you tell people all by yourself, you, one person, can change the relationship. Tell me about that. How does one person get things rolling? And so I guess we probably should add to the beginning that assuming that both people have an investment in the relationship, assuming that, you know, at least at one point it was a healthy relationship. So we don't ever want to encourage anybody to maybe feel like that it's their job to change an abusive relationship or, you know, something that's un- emotionally unhealthy or if you have one partner that is just really checked out and they they really don't care if the relationship gets any better. In that case, you know, all these things I'm telling you are not going to work because it, takes, it does take two people to, at some level. So both people have to... You know, it has to be a relatively healthy relationship, and I think we just, we want to make sure that we're clear that I'm not trying to suggest to anybody who's in an unhealthy or an abusive relationship that they need to put more effort in to fix that, you know. So, I just want to clarify that at the very beginning. 
Yeah, good point. That's really important. (laughs) Yeah, it is important. It is because, you know, I've worked with a lot of people that have been in abusive relationships. And so this was not the advice I have given them. But assuming that, you know, you had a good a good partnership, but, you know, things have kind of started to go, have kind of gone downhill. Um, or maybe it's overall it's a good relationship, but it's not near as great as it needs to be, and maybe it never was, and you're trying to make it better. We don't have the power to change anybody else. We sort of already, you know, talked about that. But if you become the best partner you can be, your partner's going to notice that. And so if you are giving them all the love and attention and, and again, it doesn't necessarily have to be, sometimes people think, well, I don't want to put in any more effort that I'm putting in. But what I'm here to tell you is that you might be putting in a lot of effort, but it's not the right effort. And so you might find that you really don't have to put more effort in. You just need to know what to do. So when you're doing the right things, to be the best partner you can be and to make him feel wonderful in this relationship, after a period of time, guess what? He feels more connected to you. He's more in love again. And he wants to, is motivated to do more for you. And sometimes it just sort of naturally happens. But even if that's not the case, because maybe he's clueless, maybe he has no idea, you know, really what to do. Um, because that is the case sometimes. If if you start nagging and telling him, you know, confronting him and telling him all the things he's not doing right and what he should be doing in a confrontational way, he's going to pull into that shell and he's not going to hear you. And he has no motivation to make you happy. So one of the things we need to remember is that men especially want to be successful um, it's, it's still in our genetic code, I think. Men want to succeed. They want to win. So if you've been telling them all the things that they're doing wrong and you've been upset with them and they feel like, I can't do anything right, they quit trying. So when you all of a sudden start acknowledging them, appreciating them. You know, I have a whole section in the book that gives you just lots and lots of examples of all the ways that you can, I say, make him feel like Superman. And sometimes women will say, but if I'm not getting what I want, why do I want to give him, you know, why do I want to make him feel like Superman? Because when you do that, when he's feeling like he is succeeding with you and he is winning and you are happy and he's doing the right thing, things. So we have to find all the things he's doing right. All of a sudden, then, he feels more confident, and then he's going to want to do more, because he likes that feeling of winning. And and that's not being um, manipulative, it's because he's happy. He's getting what he wants. He then turns around, and he is adoring you. He's loving you. He's giving you more attention that you are wanting. And again, you know, you mentioned some specifics about maybe not stepping up with the housework or not stepping up with the children enough. Or when he's feeling like he's in a better place and he's happier and he's feeling more successful, then you can come along and make some suggestions, you know, of some things that you need help with. And he is going to be much more willing to to want to help than if he's feeling like he can't do anything right. I hope that right. makes sense. It does. And and it's really kind of a basic thing that's 
not hard to figure out if you remember to pay attention to it. You know, if right. I if I complained to my husband, you know, you just walked away from the table and you left this big mess for me to clean up. What's wrong with you? He's not going to take that well. But if he starts no. to walk away and I say, hey, honey, would you help me move the dishes to the kitchen? Yeah. Um, and he helps me. And then I say, thanks. I really like doing this together. <laughs> you know? yes. That just works better. <laughs> you can it both- works better. And, you know, sometimes we forget the niceties. So if he takes out the trash every day, how often do you thank him for taking out the trash? Yes, I know it's his job. Yes, I know that he's supposed to do it. Thanking him, though, for taking out the trash, and let's think about this. What if he forgets some nights? He comes home and he's really tired, and you're saying, well, I can't forget to cook dinner. Why does he forget to take out the trash? So instead of, though, you know, going after him the night he forgets to take it out, once the night he takes it out, you say to him, you know, I know you've been working really hard lately, and you're really tired, and, you know, I just really appreciate that that you remember to take out the trash and that even though you're tired, you're still helping with the dishes or whatever it is that he's doing. He's going to feel so good about that that he's going to be even more motivated to take out the trash. And what you might find is he might quit forgetting to take it out. Mm-hmm. That is such a different approach, but that is approach that will work as opposed to the approach, approach that I find so many people take, which is the opposite, which is getting angry and, you know, fussing and yelling and we get nagging tired and, and we, criticizing yes, and badgering because we're feeling overwhelmed. You know, we're, it's not that we're doing it because we're really trying to badger them, I don't think, for the most part. I think most women are just, they're tired too and they're overwhelmed. But again, it doesn't take any more effort. Actually, it feels better to do it in a nicer way. You feel better. Your stomach's not nuts. You're not so angry. And then you're going to get results, and you're going to get better results. So, again, it's, it's maybe even less effort once you get used to it, but the results are so much better. Mm-hmm. And we could flip that around and, and do it from yeah. the guy's perspective. If you don't wait to be asked, if you just notice, hmm, the kids are kind of hyper energetic tonight, and the house needs cleaning up. I'm. I think I'll pitch in and, yes. you know, either get out the vacuum or or entertain these kids or take them to the yes. take them for a walk. Or Matter of fact, I'm working on a second book just for men, and it's not going to have a whole lot of writing. It's going to be more bullet points, and it's going to have over 365 ideas of ways that they can be successful with their wives or their partners. Um, and so they're going to have lots of ideas to choose from. Um, I'm working on that one right now. And, and again, it's, it's not a, um, you know, it's not a quid pro quo trade. I'll, I'll do my share no. of the parenting and then we'll have better sex later tonight. But it works out that way. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said You know, you brought up a fabulous point, really. Um, we could talk about the sex part maybe in a minute, but, but I really want to just bring up a little bit more, say a little more about what you said because it's so important. Sometimes in relationships, some couples want to have that quid pro quo. So they want to say, you know, this relationship needs to be 50-50. And, and the reality is that relationships very infrequently are 50-50. 
And if you're always keeping score, you've got that negative connotation. So really we want to be saying, how can I be the best partner I can be today? Now, some days that might be 100%. Sometimes it might only be 50%. But every day, if you're trying to be the best partner you can be, your relationship is going to be much better than if you're trying to keep score. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what you've noticed about masculine energy and feminine energy. Oh, my favorite topic. Um, (laughs) You know, I have done lots and lots about this um, and lots of speaking engagements about this. I think, and this is just my opinion, but in our society that when women's roles changed, you know, the 60s, the 70s, women got out of the house, they were um, out there, they wanted equal pay, they wanted equal jobs, and and I'm all for that. I think that women should definitely do anything they want to do, and they should get paid equal, and, you know, I'm all for all of that. What I have seen happen, though, is that I think when we got out there, In the man's world, we started taking on more masculine energy and acting more like the men. And masculine energy is just all of the achieving, the doing, um, assertiveness, you know, that women are capable of doing just like men. But most, and I say most because sometimes it's not the case, but most men at their core, that's what comes more natural to them, that masculine energy. Feminine energy is is more of that nurturing. It's, it's calmer, it's quieter, it's loving. It's just being instead of doing. So it's, it's a quieter energy. And women, and there's a lot of power, by the way, in that feminine energy. I think what I see happening, though, in our society is women spend a lot of their day in masculine energy out there in the world doing, which is fine. When they come home, though, they've got that same masculine energy going, and they're trying to use that in their relationship. And what happens, you almost can picture the two, you know, the two rams with the big horns, you know. The, so two masculine energy butts heads. It doesn't blend. Masculine and feminine energy blends well. And so for women, I almost think they have a little bit of a harder job. At the end of the day, when they are in relationship mode, they have to tap back into that feminine energy. And so many women that I've talked to don't do that. And by the way, when I'm in groups and I talk about this, um, I've never had anybody disagree with me. The men all go, yeah. And the women go, oh, now I see. You know, so that, (laughs) that coming at the relationship in that masculine energy turns men off. They don't like it. They feel controlled. They don't feel drawn to want to actually do for us. You know, women sometimes will complain because the men aren't doing enough. When we're in that feminine energy, we are actually drawing them to us and encouraging them to do for us. And I think we've lost touch with that in our society. Mm. Yes, some, I think some, some people have lost touch with that. And and then, you know, we get into the other extremes where there are, are certainly um, subgroups within our society that still have very traditional male and female roles, um, you know, to, to a degree that can be overwhelming and confining. Yes, yes. Um, 
Yes, again, when I, you know, I'm always very specific when I talk about this, and I say I'm not talking about in any way suggesting that women should not accomplish and be free and, you know, to do all of those things. What can happen when we're out there doing all of that and all that multitasking and all that is we get, we get exhausted. And, you know, my life is a great example of that. I'm running a business out of my home. I have a radio show. I'm writing books. I'm speaking. And I'm homeschooling my two young children all at the same time. That's a lot of doing and accomplishing and being yeah. in <laughs> It is all day long. I cannot wait to the end of the day when I can leave that, you know, at the door and I can go spend time with Dave and just, you know, just snuggle up next to him and tap into that feminine energy. And what I can tell you is no matter how exhausted I am, as soon as I get into that role of that softer feminine energy, I'm revitalized, I'm energized, not not crazy wild energy, you know, but it's a softer energy. And mm-hmm. I feel so much better. The days that I don't make time to do that, I notice that I wake up the next morning and I, and I feel stressed and I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of women, I think they're missing out on something that could really fuel them, that mm-hmm. could really help to, to fill something that we have this need that we've sort of forgotten or we're not tapping into. And so we're overdoing and we're exhausted. So mm-hmm. if we would tap into that, we're happier, we're more fulfilled, and, and, so, and the guys are happier as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep that passion, that, that love in our relationships alive through that as well. I know there were many years in my life when I might have heard you or someone like you give this kind of advice, and I would have said, that's just not possible. Mm-hmm. There are two kids. <laughs> Who's going to take care of them if I'm relaxing and getting into my feminine energy? Right. <laughs> um, you know, somebody's going to cook dinner, got to cook dinner. Who's going to take care of that if I'm relaxing right. and getting into my feminine energy? Do you have any suggestions for women in that predicament? Yes, and I actually have, you know, um, a whole section of the book that I wrote, you know, on that as well. And so, yes, you know, there has to be a time and a place because, like I said, I have three children. Two of them are still young. Two are still in elementary school. Um, And so, for me, it's once I have gotten, you know, I've cooked the dinner, but then Dave does the dishes, he cleans up, and that sort of... If I don't have to, like tonight, um, you know, come do a radio interview. <laughs> but as soon as I hang up the phone with you, you know, I, I will, I will get the kids. I will, you know, give them their marching orders to brush their teeth and get ready for bed. But then that's my time. So that's my time to go take a hot bath or take a shower. Um, you know, start to unwind, start to peel away some of those layers, let go of that. Um, and then Dave and I have our evening sort of rituals. You know, that we sort of know this is our time and this is what we're going to do together and how we're going to spend time together. And so it doesn't have to be eight hours of your day. It can be a couple of hours of your day. Watch the kids maybe, you know, you've gotten the kids settled or he can help you. You know, I suggest frequently that one of the things men can do is they can say, you know what, I'm going to put the kids to bed. I'm going to read to them tonight. I'm going to do the dishes you go get that shower, you go get that bath. 
and you know, and then I'm going to take care of that for you. So you've got that downtime to relax. And what will happen through all of that is not always, but you will find that once you start to feel better, you will add more intimacy to your relationship. And I am not talking about that means that you're going to have sex every night that that happens, right? Mm-hmm. It could be something as simple as you're going to snuggle up next to each other and both read a book. You know, you're going to watch TV and hold hands. Or, But it's that, it's that time where you feel physically connected to each other. And you've just got that time where you're making each other a priority. And mm-hmm. maybe you're even talking. Maybe there's something that, you know, you're struggling with and you'd like to share with him. And he can give you some, you know, some feedback or just listen and give you a hug and support. So okay, it, Laurie, it we're going to... We're going to take another break now, and when we come back, Lori Davis and I will be talking more about, oh, flirting and kissing and hugging and having date nights and generally doing the little things you do that, over time, contribute to developing an unstoppable relationship. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com No one can tell you how much money you'll have or when you'll see your children. Right? Sadly, that's wrong. It happens every day in divorce court. Don't let it happen to you. When dealing with separation, divorce, or co-parenting, there is a better way. Family Mediation. Save time, save money, and make good plans for your children. Visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at APFMNet.org. That's APFMNet.org. Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions. Especially in cases of divorce, far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's one 866 
472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at com. Now, back to Family Matters. On Family Matters today, I'm talking with Lori Ann Davis, who is a certified relationship specialist with 28 years of experience counseling individuals and couples. I'm your host, Virginia Collin, family mediator, and we've been having fun talking about feminine energy and masculine energy and relationships. I'm going to take us back to a theme I touched on earlier Since you're a relationship specialist, Lori, let's suppose that my husband and I came to see you at shortly after the point where we realized, you know, our relationship is good, we love each other, but we're in a rut, this is boring. (laughs) What what would you tell me or what would you tell us to do, uh, you know, to get some spark going again? Yeah, I've had, you know, I've had a quite a few clients this past year where the children um, were going off to college this year and they realized that their relationship, there just wasn't a whole lot left and they weren't feeling very happy with their relationship. That was a theme in this past year for my, for my business. Mm-hmm. And so one client in particular, they, again, they were communicating well you know, they like to do some things together, but she said, I don't know, we just don't really have much of a relationship anymore. And so we, I talked with her about flirting more and adding more fun to their relationship. I said, now that the children are gone, um, they had one daughter that was still there but was leaving soon. I said, you know, this is the perfect time. Remember the things that you used to do when you were dating? So let's start going back to that. And at first she kind of looked and, you know, she wasn't sure. But she got excited about it by the end of the session. And I actually got a text from her right after she got home and said, you know, I've been thinking about that flirting stuff that you were saying. And she said, I feel more feminine and more excited about my relationship than I have since I can't remember when. So by the next session when she came in, she said, she started doing some of the examples that I told her. You know, she said when he was standing at the kitchen sink, she would go up and just give him a hug, kiss the back of his neck, and just walk away. And so she started flirting and, you know, sending some little texts to him during the day. And she said that that really was making all the difference in adding more fun and more playfulness. And she could already feel their relationship starting to turn around just by those few little acts. And that's why when I say sometimes small things can make a big difference in your relationship, it really can. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I remember how much fun flirting was when I was, say, in my college years. And a Mm -hmm. lot of married couples kind of leave that behind for 10, 20, 30 years. Um, But you can pick it up again whenever you want. And you can flirt with your spouse pretty outrageously. (laughs) Yes, you know, you can. You know, unlike flirting when you're single, when you know, you have to be a little more cautious about how you flirt. When you're married, you know, the only limits you have is what's appropriate for you and your partner. So whatever is okay for the two of you, you can be more outrageous in your flirting. And let me tell you, it's a lot of fun. My clients, once they get the hang of it and they start doing it, they always send me notes telling me how pleased they are with the results. Mm Mm-hmm. 
How often or how important do you think it is to have date nights? Oh, I think it's essential. I think it is essential because your relationship needs to be a priority. And the way to keep it a priority is to make sure that you spend time together. And so whatever your life is like, you can fit something in. Even if you have young children and no babysitter and no money, you can still put the children to bed at night and you can still have a picnic dessert, you know, in the living room on on a blanket or something. You can watch TV together. You can spend more time, again, go back to that dating, spend more time kissing. A lot of times couples forget to kiss. They forget how much fun it is to just kiss. Maybe that's all you do that evening. But but give yourself some time to just, you know, we used to call it making out, right, when you were younger. <laughs> yes. Go back to doing some of those things. And if that's all you can manage on your date night because you're exhausted, you know, but, but do that. Connect with each other the best way that you can. It will really, it adds, it's like, it's like insurance for your relationship. You need mm-hmm. to put time and effort into it to ensure that it continues to go well. Mm-hmm. So flirting, being playful, um, what else? What other recommendations well, do you have for people? Well, I want to add one more thing that when you do those things, it doesn't just affect um, your sex life. It affects all areas of your relationship. When you flirt, when you have fun, when you kiss more, you know, those, all those things create hormones. It's those bonding hormones. It's those feel-good hormones. That oxytocin is one of them. And when we have that hormone, that's the same hormone that we had when we were, when all that chemistry was happening at the beginning of the relationship and we thought the other person could do no wrong. It's important to still have that bond, that connection, and that hormone. It makes you look at your partner different. You communicate better. You're more appreciative. You're more tolerant. So every aspect of your relationship gets better. All of a sudden, those little things that you found annoying you don't find as annoying anymore. So, so there's a lot of reasons to add that fun and that flirting and kissing and that hand-holding and snuggling, all of those things to your relationship more than just, you know, some people put it in the sex category, but, but that's not the only reason. You know, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, kind of everything's connected to everything in a relationship. Yes, <laughs> it is. That circle. Yeah. One of the things you mention in your book is long hugs and long kisses. So um, it can be good to have a ritual of, you know, really greeting each other in the morning or really greeting each other when you both get home from work or, or how you say good night, you know, just that it's not a peck on the cheek or, you know, have a good night. It's if you if you kiss for ten seconds, it's different from just. It's different. Yes, <laughs> it actually does start to release hormones in your body, and that's another point where people sometimes will say, "But I'm too tired at the end of the day to connect." And and this happens a lot of times with women that they will say, "You know, 
men are complaining that they're not getting enough physical intimacy with their with their wives. And women will say, in my practice at least, a lot of times the women will say, it's not that I don't want to, but I'm just too tired. And my suggestion is, just take everything else off the table, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get that shower, that bath, you know, relax, feel more feminine, and then add to your ritual that longer hug and that longer kiss because what will happen is you're tired, but once those hormones start to get going, frequently you change your mind and all of a sudden more feels like a good idea to you. Not always, and it doesn't have to be the expectation. Even if that's all you get, you've got those hormones going and you feel better. But what you're going to find is you've got more energy for your partner than you thought you did if you would just start small. Yeah. And so that works really well for my clients. Yeah. It can be surprising how much, um, I think especially for women, guys seem to be kind of ready to go with it almost any time on short notice. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of women, actually kissing, hugging, cuddling, um, you know, those things, that, that starts the hormones flowing, as you said, and, and then you're more interested in doing a little more of that. You are. <laughs> and the energy you know, just appears from we somewhere. Think that we can't do more if we're not in the mood. Well, you don't have to be in the mood to start. Right. You can get in the mood by doing some of those things that are just good practice anyway. If you're still too tired, you know, it, it, again, it, it doesn't have to lead to something more every night. But if you're just adding more of that physical contact to your routine, I promise you, it's going to lead to more and more often. And in general, you're going to feel better about your relationship. And it's going to, you're going to tap into that feminine energy and you're going to feel better just about life in general. It's going to be fulfilling for you as well. Women need to know that, you know, it's not just for the man. It's for them as well. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. suggest it if it was just all giving you need mm-hmm. to feel better from this as well. You mm-hmm. know, it, both people need to get something because it's a relationship. It's a partnership. Okay. Um, we're coming close to the end of our time together, and I do want to let listeners know they can find you online at www.lorianndavis.com. Laurie is L-O-R-I-A-N-N-D-A-V-I-S.com. And they can find, probably they can find your book there, yes? They can find my book. They can find blogs that I write every week. Um, I do events. And some They're not always local. I work with singles. I work with couples. Um, so, yes, they can find all that information. There's lots of information on there that might help them, as well as I am always willing to do, you know, a free 15-minute phone call if you would like to just ask me some questions to see if maybe I might be able to help you in some way, you can always contact me. Mm-hmm. Listen to my radio shows. I should mention that too as well. I okay. have a radio show. Okay. So you can listen to my radio shows, yes. Okay. And I also want to mention something that I saw in your book. You said that there are two reasons, two basic reasons why relationships fail. One possibility is you're in the wrong relationship. The other possibility is that you haven't yet learned the skills you need to make a relationship succeed. And I think that second category is where you help people a lot. Yes, and I think that's where most people fall, really, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think there are very few people. 
there are people that are in relationships that, you know, that can't be helped. But I think much more people are in ones where they just don't know what to do and they're frustrated. And I would love to, and, and you and all, there's, you know, find somebody who can help you to not be frustrated. You should be happy in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Approximately half a minute to go. Is there anything you would like to repeat for emphasis or to add? Small changes can make a big impact on your relationship. So don't be afraid to start because you never know where it might lead. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Laurie Ann Davis. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this week on Family Matters. Please tune in for another edition featuring host Dr. Virginia Collin next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be kind, heal, and grow.